Welcome to Dental Bites. I'm Natasha Gillis. And I'm Malika Azogu. And we are here with our third Dental Bite, Overcoming Stage Fright, Tips to Help Reopen Your Practice Doors After COVID-19. Today, I'm so excited to turn the mic over to our very own dental Zorro, Malika, and ask her as a dental consultant, she's going to take off her sombrero and put on her consultant lenses, about some of the practical ways that offices can gear up specifically orthos and pedos as they get ready to open their doors. If you are a member of the Virginia chapter of the Academy of General Dentistry, you may have had the opportunity to tune in just a few hours ago and hear Malika's one-hour comprehensive overview about practical things that offices can start doing this week in anticipation of opening their doors. But in case you didn't tune in or in case you have some more in-depth questions, that's why we're here today. So I'm going to ask Malika to give us some quick and fast bites that you can actually go ahead, take away, and start working on. So let me formally introduce her here the way that we haven't known her yet. Uh, Malika, thanks for joining us again today. Thank you for having me. Sure. Let me give a quick recap about Malika. She's very modest, folks. Um, She has had almost two decades of hands-on experience on the front lines at dental offices. She's been working with her team, consulting dental offices, auditing office processes, advising offices on how to run practices like an effective healthcare business. She's been building dentists into business leaders and now handholding clients through the COVID-19 pandemic. So let's take a moment to thank Malika for her service as our dental hero. Yay. Thanks, Malika. (laughs) Thank you, Natasha, for this amazing introduction. I have to say I'm super excited to um, leave the house today. It was an excuse for me to tell my husband and the kids that I had to go somewhere super quiet to do this webinar. So I got dressed and thankfully my pants still fit so I didn't have to wear my pajamas. <laughs> and and um, came into my office. There's nobody here, so I'm all by myself. But it was super exciting. It was the little things that you took for granted that now you get so excited about. So of course, the kids only have called me like 10 times to see where I am, but <laughs> nice to take a little mental break. Get back to work, right? Yeah. Well, I know a lot of our listeners are really anxious to get back to work too. And if you had the opportunity to hear Malika speak, she basically broke down for us. If we can break it into two main topics, the two things that you need to focus on when you're thinking about reopening staff concerns and patient concerns. The goal for you as a practice owner should really be to have a protocol. And that's such a big loaded word. But basically, Malika broke it down to us. It's an office plan that you can have, that you can walk your staff through, through a mock walkthrough, and to actually maybe even hand to them and instruct them on how they will actually check into the office and conduct their day. Um, It's really important to do the same Malika taught us a little bit about with patients. How should patients expect from the moment that they park their cars? How will your office be processing and handling them? So Malika, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about specialty practices. You talked a lot about GPs, but tell us a little bit specific for pedos and orthos. um, How do these practices balance reopening? I know a lot of people want to put in as much patients, as many patients as they can, but how do they balance this in an open-based setting? Any thoughts? 
Great question. I think, um, as you said, pediatric, pedo and ortho, it's a volume base. So average, my, you know, I work with a lot of pedodontists and orthodontists and, you know, average they see sometimes 40, 50, 60. I have orthodontists that are seeing 100 patients before all this a day. And now, they're, you know, obviously they need to get back to business and they need to see this backlog of patients. I'm, you know, I'm advising them and I'm, I'm saying this again, please, please be cautious of this. You cannot schedule 50, 60, 70 patients right now. It's unrealistic. It's honestly not safe. And in the dental community, in the community of where your practice is located, you don't want those parents to go on their mom's groups and blast that this, you know, office has no understanding of what's going on with COVID-19. So it's so, so important for you guys to be cautious of that. And as I had said on the, the webinar, categorize your patients. Have, you know, type A, 2, 3, or A, B, and C. And what that means is that let's say your A patients are the patients that you would want to see because they are having some, you know, wire issues because they're, let's say you're orthodontist, the wires popped out so many times and they've been in braces more than they need to be. You just really need to get those braces off or they need that tray change, but they need to see you first and mom's concerned about that their brushing is not good, so they're not sure if they should continue with braces. Those are the patients you want to see. And with pediatric, um, I know my pediatric offices that that I've spoken to, they're really focusing on patients that need a crown, pulpectomy, you know, baby teeth decay grows pretty fast. I'm not a dentist, but I know this from conversations. So those kids need to be seen probably first. Your hygiene for your pedo can wait. You know, postpone the hygiene as much as you can right now. Do the treatments. And, you know, some, you know, things that I'm hearing and questions that are being asked and people are trying to figure out is a lot of pediatric dentists do nitrous. They do the laughing gas. And that nitrous has a tubing that's connected to it. The noses are, you know, autoclavable or you can replace them or, or like one-time use. The, the tubing is not. Reach out to your, you know, supplier. You need to get a couple different tubing for those um, nitrous, your nitrous machines because you probably shouldn't use the same one right now. And you need to find a way to sterilize them. And I'm hearing people are using sleep, you know, sleep apnea machines and um, ingredients that they use for that to clean them. So make sure you are communicating that information and getting what you need before you open those doors. That's a great idea. Get ready to get ready. Um, And talk to me a little bit too, since we're talking about the, the way that pedo and ortho patients usually are seen, and Malika, you know better because you've been in these offices, is um, they're in open base settings, right? Yeah. So how do you recommend, you know, with this this concern with social distancing, and as you said, as a mother, you're right. I mean, that would be the first issue. If I walked in and I see child A, patient A, patient B, patient C stacked up, I would say, what what's going on here? Any recommendations on how to physically perhaps seat patients or any sort of accommodations that practices might want to start considering? Great question. I think one benefit of a lot of these pedo ortho practices is that they have a lot of chairs. They're open bay. It's got its pros and its cons. The pros is that you can technically put your patients every other chair to give that space. Um, and especially pedo, I know a lot of my pediatric dental office says they have a private room for their, you know, their treatment or their kids that are anxious and scared so you can utilize those rooms right now because it's got a closed door and it's private. Now, if you do not have that or your office space is very limited, you can get barriers to put in between your chairs. And those are available. You can talk to your the person who built your office or you can talk to, you know, go to Home Depot, get the measurements. And if you're handy, even better. 
Um, but that would really help with the scheduling. So you're not jamming these patients in the office. Because a lot of these families, as you know, come uh, patients come as a family, I should say. They bring brother and sister. And you, your staff needs to be really good about letting those families know that only the patient and the person bringing them should be the only one in that office. Because you just don't want that fluctuation of people in, in your waiting room. That's great advice. And and for everybody's listening, I'm sorry, Malika's on Zoom. We're adhering to social distancing. So if there's any sort of weird, quirky sounds, it's because we're remote. So um, hang in there. But Malika, talk to me a little bit. Um, that's a great issue. So in terms of protocol, um, if you have a practice, it's a pedo-ortho practice, and you're trying to talk to your patients in, in what we talked about with respect to protocol, um, and verbalizing to your patients what to expect. Any recommendations on how to consult them with respect to those appointments where they're trying to bring in the whole family? I mean, is there anything that you as a practice owner would tell your staff, maybe in a scripted format, how to talk to those patients and let them know, hey, things have changed? And what are some steps that you recommend that practices actually utilize to change that? Um, they basically... You know, again, as you said, protocols are key. Having a protocol in place, type it out, talk it out with your team. Don't leave your team in the dark. Actually, they probably have the best ideas because they're in all these forums and groups on social media and they're getting other people's ideas as well. But as I would recommend, if you have time, do a dress rehearsal, get your staff in, pretend like one of them are patient, figure out a way to check them in, take their temperature. And at the same time, make sure you have an onboarding questionnaire that you can ask these patients or parents before you schedule them or you bring them in so that they're prepared and they're not surprised when they walk into your waiting room and you're saying, oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. You're going to have to have your two other children step outside. And they're surprised because you told them they could bring them in. You didn't tell them they couldn't bring them in. So making sure those are either, you can honestly send a blast email through your company that use like solution reach, demand force, whatever you use. That's a great source of doing that. And at the same time, when you're calling to confirm those appointments, still going over these protocols with them so they're not surprised when they come in. Mm -hmm. And some protocols would be, you know, I guess, how would you recommend a family of two kids or three kids who all need to see the same doctor handle it? So wait in the car. Um, that's a really good way to do it is wait in the car. They call when they get there. And basically, you could have a floater or somebody that works can basically be the like almost like the messenger that goes downstairs. Let's say if your office is upstairs, you have to go downstairs. They tell you that they're in a Honda Odyssey gray. You go, you introduce yourself with almost your mask and your gear. You can even ask mom right there any changes to medical history, get all that information and get Johnny and get Johnny upstairs mm -hmm. or into your office. And then unless honestly Johnny is two or three, yes, they need to be accommodated. Where ortho is easier because a lot of ortho patients are at least eight and above. Yeah. So they're pretty self-efficient. But pedo, if they're under the age of, honestly, I would say I have a seven-year-old. I think my seven-year-old probably wouldn't even go without me. Like anything eight and above would probably be ideal is that, and letting them know that on the phone so that they can prep their kids. You're not just going to the car and grabbing their kids. They know that you, you know, you're going to come downstairs. And maybe if you have the same floater, you use their name and say, you know, Sarah's going to be the one person coming downstairs to grab Johnny from you from the car. And then when we're done, we'll bring Johnny downstairs and take the, your, you know, the next child upstairs. But having some, again, protocol, having a system that you guys can follow. 
That's right. And at all times to make sure the parent is comfortable. So yeah. maybe a FaceTime or something while the child is seated so that they can monitor the child remotely. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Great idea. So our third question, you know, if you're in Virginia, um, you know that we just got delayed by a week by the governor's order with return with respect to when we can return and open doors. Maryland, for example, is still closed indefinitely. So for these practices that are gearing up, do you have any recommendations with respect to what happens if we don't open on May 1st, for example, or May 8th, and you're starting to gear up and schedule patients? Any thought processes on that? I mean, honestly, I think, again, it's going to be communication with your patient, letting them know that there's a chance that your appointment might get rescheduled. Mm -hmm. I am hearing a mix of you know, offices saying, I have staff, I, mean, I have patients that want to get in. They're like mad that we can't get them in. And then they have a mix of patients that they think they're crazy that are opening the doors. So you're going to get a 50-50 reaction to this situation. So making sure that, especially the ones that are so anxious to bring their kids in, because that could be the only outing they've had in the last one month, honestly, is to making sure that that individual, that patient, that parent is aware that Based on the governor, based on the, you know, recommendations, we are to open the state, but please note that there's a chance this could change. And also prioritizing your patients and making sure that your patients um, that are more, you know, in pain or need to be seen due to whatever circumstance it is, they are the one on your priority list to call. You're not just putting a bunch of patients in and you wish that, oh, I wish I'd brought those emergencies at first. And here we are. And two weeks later, and I may have to postpone, you know, the to open our practice. And there's so many patients that we can't get in anymore. Right. We're overwhelmed. And I love in your um, previous seminar with uh, the Academy of General Dentistry, you basically said, take a highlighter and whether it's by color coordinating or color grouping, prioritize your patient list into three different categories. And I thought that yes. is so concrete and so doable. I loved it. And, and I honestly, it comes down to becoming a leader. Honestly, just taking that leadership role right now more than ever before because not only does your patients need it, your staff need it because they don't know as much as you don't know. So, and some of it is going to be trial and error. Honestly, there's no set way of doing it. And as I said, communicate with your colleagues too and see what your other offices or friends are doing. But that could kind of give you some ideas of, oh, that's a good idea. I can try that. Right. But then you might be like, okay, my office is an ortho office. It's not general. I can't listen to my general friend that's opening and only see four patients. I can't see four patients. I have to see 20 patients. So how am I going to pivot and be able to change my schedule to be more friendly to what's going on with COVID-19? That's great. Um, and, you know, you mentioned something that it's a little bit off topic. Um, you said, you know, for, for example, pedos, um, if Johnny's in the car, two-year-old Johnny's in the car, and you're trying to prep him for something that is a little bit nerve-wracking already, going to see a dentist, maybe planning to have videos that these children can access on the website uh, or maybe sending them these videos prior to the appointment, it might be a good way to get them ready. Um, I know we have a mutual client, believe it or not, that that was a question I asked. I said, hey, why aren't you on video? You're a pedo practice. And she said, I don't like the camera. Any thoughts on um, maybe overcoming some of those fears or doing something cute? That's a great idea. I mean, get your staff involved. Uh -huh. Your staff, Some of your staff are in, in pedo ortho. One thing that I know about pedo ortho is, Majority of pedo ortho practices, their staff are young. They're millennials. They're technology savvy to a level that I can't even wrap my mind around. I ask, you know, my younger cousins for help all the time. So 
have them make videos. If you don't want to be in it, let them be in it. And then they post a challenge them to some fun videos. I also know that um, like Monster Inc. and some of these Disney websites are having, showing some of this stuff with people when these like hazmat suits that are like fun. So you can share some of that on your social media page. When you guys get ready to get back, the um, shields that you guys are going to wear, I was telling people, start decorating the top of it. You know, maybe have some fun ears, order some masks that are have, you know, fun graphics on it for the front desk to wear. Because these kids are going to already get scared as it is coming to a pediatric dental office, let alone that you guys look like from outer space, you know? so <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so you have to kind of be, get creative. And I said, your staff are probably the most creative team you have. So utilize and communicate with them. I love it. So guys, because these are dental bites, as promised, we're going to wrap it up. So bites to take away from today per Malika's conversation with us, be a leader, communicate, communicate to your patients, to your staff. Now more than ever, create clear protocols. And this can even be through office signs with directions. Give them clear instructions that they can use when it comes to how they're supposed to see patients and as well as your patients. What is expected of them when they come in through your doors? Bite two, open slowly. Give both your staff and patients the confidence that they need to know that you can handle this. Staff will need time to get back into the groove of things. Patients need not to fear leaving the house. Time is very important. And then lastly, Malika's favorite word, pivot. Be ready to pivot. Things will be constantly changing. Have some flexibility in your plans. Be creative. Prioritize your patient types. So in closing, Malika, now you can see why I named you my dental Zorro. <laughs> you always <laughs> manage to come in and save the day each time. And I know she's been on a speech-a-thon today. So we'll wrap it up by saying thank you, Malika. If anybody needs a sample roadmap for reopening, please reach out to Malika and her team. Uh, Malika, what's your email address? It's Malika, M-A-L-I-K-A, at Z-A-R, dentalconsulting.com. And please, go ahead. No, and you can also go to my website, zardentalconsulting.com. And under contact, it has the information there as well. Fantastic. See, you knew what I was going to ask you. So until, <laughs> until next time, guys, Natasha Gillis, your smiling lawyer, and Malika, your dental Zorro, signing off. Have a great day.